0: Thank you for checking out our sermon here at New Grace. Please let us know of any questions you may have or any way that we can help you and your family. Enjoy the message. So, there must be something about this microphone that you have to (coughs) cough all the time. Uh, I was in choir practice and... And I uh, started getting that little tickle right there in the back of my throat. And I'm like, man, this isn't going to be good. Uh, normally, it doesn't bother me because I, I come out here and we sing a couple songs. And I get to sit down and, and I don't have to talk for 30 minutes. But uh, so bear with me tonight. So <clears throat> Philemon, we're going to look at that tonight. Uh, Philemon, written by Paul. And, uh, but it's not like any of his other... Books at all. Uh, Philemon is unlike all the other books because it's the sh- first of all it's the shortest letter that re- that's recorded that he wrote uh, in the New Testament, and and uh, all the other books were written uh, by Paul. He wrote them to uh, churches or wrote them to uh, evangelists such as Timothy. He wrote you know Colossians to the church at Colossians or at the church of Colossae and uh, and so forth. He he wrote those other ones to churches or to uh, pastors or evangelists, um, but He wrote this one to Philemon. Philemon wasn't a pastor. Philemon was a businessman. He was a wealthy citizen of Colossae. Uh, He was a man whom Paul had won to Christ. And after uh, Philemon got saved, he he allowed a church to be started in his home. Uh, So he wasn't a pastor, but he had a lot to do with the church there. Um, But what Paul was writing to him about had nothing to do with the church, it had a completely different subject. And. And of course, it's written about the same time as Colossians. Matter of fact, some people believe that uh, Onesimus, who is the subject basically of the book of Philemon, is actually the one that carried uh, the, this letter and the letter to the Colossians back to Colossae. Um, but Paul writes this letter to Philemon. He's in a prison, uh, uh, in, he's in prison in Rome, and, and it was. And, um, but unlike the book of Colossians, it's written, the book of Philemon is not about the church. It's not about doctrinal issues. It's not about, uh, it's about something completely different. Colossians has a lot to do with be careful of false teachers, false doctrines. But uh, Philemon is written specifically about something different, someone different. And his name is Onesimus. We're going to look at that tonight. Uh, Philemon would have known the Ones- name of Onesimus well. And, uh, you know, sometimes <coughs> um, we. we He would have, Philemon would have known that name, but it wasn't in a good way. We all have those names, you know, those names that you hear and like, oh, that comes across in a good way. You know, you hear the name, you know, George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or uh, Martin Luther or Thomas Edison, Henry Ford. These people impacted our world in a good way. And uh, then you hear those names that we don't like to hear, you know, Osama Bin Laden or Adolf Hitler, Saddam Hussein. These people were evil. People did evil things. And, uh, you know, insert your least favorite politician here or uh, insert uh, your least favorite coach Roy Williams uh, here. Um, uh, Blasphemy. (laughs) I'm sorry, Uh, Justin Fuente. all right. Sorry. All right. <laughs> All right, yes. Anybody else want to get mad and leave? No. All right. But, uh, you know, uh, but there are those names that we hear that brings a negative connotation to our mind. And that's what Onesimus would have been for Philemon. See, um, uh, Philemon, like most wealthy citizens in his day, had servants or slaves in his house, and, and Onesimus had been one of those those servants. But Onesimus had had done wrong. He had, uh, most people believe, he had stolen from Philemon and then and then ran away. He ran away to Rome. And uh, so, uh, of course, Philemon had every right, and we're going to look at that later, to imprison him or uh, put him, sometimes uh, maybe even possibly put him to death for what he had done. So uh, Onesimus was not a name that Philemon would have wanted to hear. But Paul wrote an entire letter to one man about one man. And uh, so <clears throat> so we're going to look a little bit, uh, going to dive into that. Uh, so Onesimus... Uh, had ran away and uh, ran away to Rome, and and when he was in Rome, he met Paul, and of course uh, Paul gave him the gospel, and Onesimus uh, got saved. And uh, was started helping Paul. He was ministering to Paul while Paul was in prison, or house arrest, or however you want. to, uh, however, people there's different theories there. But basically, he was in some kind of trouble there. He was con- uh, constricted to that one area, and Paul uh, needed help, and Onesimus was helping him. He would go get things. He would be basically a runner for him and help him and minister to him there in the prison. And uh, he wanted to. He wanted Onesimus to stay, and Onesimus wanted to stay and help him, but. Onesimus Onesimus told him the story. Onesimus told him, told Paul about why he was there in Rome and told him that he had been a servant to Philemon back in Colossae and told him that he had stolen or he had done wrong to Philemon. And, and uh, so Paul knew that, yeah, hey, I'd love for you to stay, Onesimus, but you got to make this right. We got to make this right with Philemon. Okay, you, you know, I know you want to stay. You're, you're, you know, what you've done is covered by the blood. You, you're forgiven, but you have to go back and you have to make this right with Philemon. And of course, Onesimus, if you can imagine, it's like, man, this guy could have me killed or thrown in prison. I don't want to go back and face him. I'm guilty, all right? So uh, Paul writes this letter to Philemon and sends it back to Colossae. And Paul uh, Paul sends a plea to Philemon, and it was a strong one. The request was that Philemon would not only forgive Onesimus for what he had done, but that he would receive Onesimus as a brother, not as a slave, not, not come back to serve him again, um, not just forgive him, not just let him come back, but that he would come, let him come back as a brother, as a social equal. And that's just unheard of. So that's a tough request. So let's start reading there in uh, Philemon, uh, verse 1 there. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Athia and Archippus, and our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, <clears throat> making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of, the, of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication, we're going to look at that word, communication, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the, by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Now, um, so that that phrase... (laughs) Kind of, kind of struck me as odd. The bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. i gotta, I got to tell you, the picture that I had in my mind when I first read that uh, phrase was not a pretty one. So, you know, when there's a phrase we don't understand in the Bible, we should go, we should study it out, we should look it up and find out what it really means. Uh, so, when I don't understand, I look it up. So, the bowels of the saints are refreshed. Uh, this is all just a side note, by the way. This is for free. Um, uh, the word bow there is the Greek word splachnon. It even sounds weird. splachlan. Uh, it means heart, or it means the the seat of passion. So in in this day and age, the bowels would have meant the the heart, the seat of passion uh, in in somebody. So uh, refreshed is napao, just means to give rest or to take ease. So the bowels of the saints are refreshed. Literally means basically, you bless the hearts of the saints. You bless the hearts of the holy ones. Uh, so um, that's just. Our little Greek lesson for the day. Uh, so we'll move on. Paul opens the letter, but, but I do that on purpose because that phrase is used a couple of times in this lesson here. So in this in this book here. So um, Paul opens the letter with a greeting and prayer and thanking God for Philemon's love and his faithfulness to Jesus and his people. He then paves the way for his strongest for the strong request that he's going to. He said, "He knows I'm going to have to ask Philemon to do something really hard, so I better butter up butter him up a little bit." Uh, so. But then he reminds Philemon in verse 6 to acknowledge that the good in him is through Christ. And that word communication there in verse number 6 uh, where it says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual. He says um, <clears throat> that word, uh, the Greek word is koinonia. It's up here, koinonia. Uh, wow, that's really small. I'm sorry, I meant to make that font bigger. Um, koinonia, All right, that's a, remember that word. It's a very important word. It means, uh, it means Christian fellowship or communion with, with God or more commonly with fellow Christians, uh, it basically means uh, a fellowship, an association, a joint participation, or a partnership. That's what koinonia is, and we're gonna we're gonna we're, that's gonna come back time and time again in the lesson tonight. So um, basically, when two or more people receive something together, they share in it and it become partners in it. And basically, we're all. Sharing in the grace and mercy of Jesus. And that's what we're getting to. And I just got away. And that's the whole message. I guess we can go home. I just got way ahead of myself. I'm just kidding. All right. Paul is saying to Philemon that faithfulness to Jesus means recognizing that all of his followers are equal partners who share the gift of God's love, his mercy, and his grace. <clears throat> so you can see how Paul is setting up. To mention Onesimus, he uh, he's saying uh, because of the community that we have, because of the communion we have, because we're partners in Christ uh, and all equals, no one above the other. So he's setting up. He's like he's about to say, "Hey, your former slave is my friend now," and the one that stole from you. Uh, so he's kind of leading up to that. So Paul is saying to Philemon that faithfulness to Jesus means recognizing that all of his followers are equal partners who share the gift of God's love. I already read that part. I'm going to move forward. Uh, I, I write out everything I'm supposed to say. So, <laughs> actually, yeah, if I'm being honest, I let somebody else write. I'm just kidding. I didn't really. Um, Philemon and Onesimus, though one was a slave and the other one was a slave owner. Uh, is had they had both received the grace of Jesus as in the in the way of salvation, making them equal partners, making them equal at the ground of the cross at the foot of the cross, right? That's koinonia. That's what koinonia is. It's it's an equal partnership among people, uh, fellowship of Christian brothers and sisters. Um, Koinonia, this equal partnership that we're talking about, is the key to this request and a theme of the book of the Philemon that we're looking at tonight. Koinonia here is not just a thought. It's not just a, okay, that's a good idea. But it's an action that that needs to be put into practice. And that leads Paul into his request. Let's continue to read together verse 8. Wherefore, uh, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee uh, that which is convenient... Yet for love's sake, rather I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. So back in verse eight, it says that word convenient, a niko. A is the Greek word which means uh, that which is fit. Or what's proper. He's basically, Paul says, I have the boldness, and I have the right to come to you and, I, and ask you these things. And I, I had the boldness just to tell you, you know, just, just finally me just do what's right. I have the boldness. I can tell you just to do what's right, and you should do it. But instead, I'm going to appeal to you on the basis of God's love, on the basis of love and grace and mercy, and, and, and I'm going to appeal to you through koinonia, this partnership to do what's right. Verse 10... I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in the time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me. Paul calls Onesimus his son, meaning Paul had led him to Christ uh, there in, in Rome, also meaning that Paul and Onesimus are now both members of God's family. Remember, koinonia, partnership, faithfulness, I mean, uh, uh, community there. All right. So verse 11, Paul acknowledges the history between Onesimus and Philemon. He says, I know that one time Philemon, uh, Onesimus was unprofitable to you. I know uh, unprofitable is probably uh, an understatement. He stole from him and ran away. Uh, But unprofitable, inefficient, or useless, and and uh, he continues to, continues to say, but now he's profitable. He's useful both to you and to me. He's uh, he's not the same person he was then. I know at one time he was he did you wrong, but he's different now. He's 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 uh, he's one, he's a, he's our brother in Christ now. All right, uh, our sins are his sin is under the blood. He's 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 done wrong. He's ready to confess that and and move on. Uh, so uh, he says, Onesimus has been here helping me while I've been in prison. Verse twelve. Whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him that that is mine own vows, or mine own heart. Basically, receive him as you would receive me. Whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind I would do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever. Paul says, I would love for Onesimus to stay with me. He's been a great help to me. He's, he's, he's been a blessing to me. Um, but I'm not going to do that without your consent, without your, without you saying it's okay. He said, maybe you lost him for a season, maybe that, maybe that, so that you can get him back forever. Um, so up to this point, Paul is building the case for Onesimus. He says, I know he's done wrong. I know he did bad. And I know he ran away from you. But you know what? He's gotten saved. He's met Jesus. He's, he's, he's turned his life around and he wants to do right. He's been a big help to me. and I know he can be a help to you. And uh, he's, really, he's, he's really building up the case for Onesimus here. But here's where it gets tough. He says, Philemon, I want you to receive Onesimus in a certain way. Look at verse 16. Now not as a servant. Uh, But above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Remember, Onesimus was a slave. Not only was he a slave, it was a whole different class of people in in those times, but um, he was an unprofitable slave. He had one that had stolen from him. And and ran away and and Philemon had every right under the Roman law to have Onesimus punished, put in prison, or possibly even killed for what he had done. But Paul asked Philemon not only to forgive Onesimus, but to go beyond that and welcome him back, uh, much like the prodigal father did. Prodigal's father did for the prodigal son. He just not only want you to welcome back as a as a slave or as a as a servant, but I want you to welcome him back. I want you to completely forgive him. Welcome him back as a brother. As a family member, as a social equal, and that's completely unheard of in those days. Uh, This goes way beyond uh, kindness and uh, and forgiveness. That kind of treatment in those days would have been completely unheard of. Why on earth would Philemon even consider doing such a thing? And here's the answer, Uh, verse 17. If thou, if thou, Paul says, if thou count me a partner, that same word, partner, uh, partnership. And we're going to look at that. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee, or oweth thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand. I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest me, uh, even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord, refresh my bowels in the Lord. Again, there's that phrase. The word partner in verse 17 is, is the same root word it's, uh, of... of uh, Communication earlier it says koinonos. Most like koinonia, it means partner, comrade, sharer, fellow partaker. Paul says, if you count me, uh, if you count me as, as uh, if you count yourself as my brother, as my brother in Christ, as my comrade, he said, I want you to receive Onesimus just as you would receive me uh, because he's our brother as well. And <clears throat> whatever he owes you, I want you to put it on my account. I'll pay you back. Uh, remember what you owe me. And Paul says, remember, by the way, you still owe me. Uh, I led you to Christ. You, know, you, you, you know, take, and, take that into account. He said, I want you to, whatever he owes you, I want you to put it on my account. Uh, <clears throat> Paul then closes the letter out. By saying that he is sure that Philemon will do, will do what he asked, and even more, then he asked him to prepare a guest room for him because he plans to visit. Verse 22 21 twenty-one. I'm sorry. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, uh, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. But withal, prepare me also a lodging, for I trust that your that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. There, salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, Marcus. Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. All right, there's the whole book, uh, but we're not done yet. All right, so uh, Philemon, of course, is different from the other books. We already looked at that. Uh, this is the only letter of Paul's that's recorded in the New Testament which he does not specifically mention the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Uh, and you say, is Paul getting... He, he, Paul, Paul even says he's an older man now. Is he getting forgetful? No, he's not getting forgetful. He doesn't have to explain the gospel in this letter because this letter is the gospel. He's, he's literally acting out the gospel uh, in, in, uh, in, these, in these words. Let's look at it. The book of Philemon itself is a picture of the gospel. Um, and we're going to look at that. He, I heard a preacher say one time, he said, as we read the Bible... We should always look for two people in every story. Me and Christ. Right? Alright. So uh, if, let's plug that into this letter here. If I'm looking for myself in the story. I'm definitely going to be who? Onesimus. Exactly. We're going to be Onesimus. Because <clears throat> I'm pretty sure we all are. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that in this story Philemon would represent God the Father. He's the master. We are the unjust servants. We are the ones that have sinned. We are the ones that have done wrong. And... <clears throat> So who, who would represent Christ here? That would be the Apostle Paul. Christ is going to uh, Paul is going to Onesimus to inter, uh, intercede for. Uh, Paul is going to Philemon to Ones uh, to intercede for Onesimus. And so we are Onesimus. Paul would be Christ in this story, and Philemon would be God the Father. The Father created us. He is our creator, He's our Master. He made us in His image to serve Him, but we're sinners. Just like Onesimus, we've done wrong. We had wrong we've wronged the Father. Uh, just like Onesimus had wronged Philemon, our sin separated us from God the Father. But then Jesus. Amen? All right, so <clears throat> uh, just as Paul pleads for Onesimus to Philemon, Jesus goes to the Father on our behalf. He's our intercessor, and he's there for uh, he's there to talk to the Father, to plead our case for us, and his blood covers us, uh, and, and but our wrong and our sin is put on Christ's account, and the righteousness of God is put on, uh, Christ is put on our account. Our wrong and our sin is um, Paul here is the is is the place through which Onesimus and Philemon are reconciled to God and then to each other. Uh, and that's the one one main theme of Philemon here is his reconciliation. And Jesus just as Paul was recon, reconciling Onesimus to Philemon through himself, Jesus reconciles us to the Father through himself. Uh, he says I'm the way the truth and life no man cometh unto the father but by me. Um, so that's so we see the gospel in the letter of Philemon here, uh, just as Paul uh, was going to was writing to uh, Philemon on behalf of Onesimus, uh, we see that relationship of, of Christ uh, interceding for us. Uh, <clears throat> so, um, but Philemon is is more about that is about more than just a legal transaction of reconciliation. It's about koinonia. It's about that fellowship. It's about that partnership. And it's about the fact that we as brothers and sisters of Christ are all level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level. You know, at the, the choir that I grew up singing in uh, back in North Carolina, we had a song that we sang. It was called... Um, the ground is level, thank you. And uh, and the lyrics say, I stood before the cross and a king stood by me and on the other side a vagabond. And there as we prayed and poured our hearts out to Jesus, he bent to hear everyone. The ground is level at the foot of the cross, No man stands higher than I. I can call on Jesus' name, and a king can do the same. For the ground is level at the foot of the cross, and that's the truth. No one's better than anybody else. No one, you know, uh, nobody is any closer uh, on a on a on a level uh, on a higher level to the Lord than you are. Or than I am. We're, we can all. We all have the same access to God the Father through Christ, and that's what's so amazing about uh, about uh, this word koinonia. We all have the same. We're, we all have the same partnership. We all share in the same benefits that God gives us through, through salvation, and and uh, no one is better than anyone else in the sight of the Lord. Which meant that Philemon and Onesimus could no longer treat each other as master and slave. They needed to be. Equals in Christ, their family members, brothers. Uh, Paul addressed this in his letter to the Colossians. Let's uh, turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Back a couple books there. Philippians, Colossians. Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 8. Beware, oh wait, 3 8. Let's try that again. But now, also, but now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Uh, where, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So, <clears throat> you see, when the Father looks down at us. Uh, on us, his children, those who have accepted Christ as our Savior. He doesn't see our economic status. He doesn't see our social status. He doesn't see our ethnic background. He doesn't see the color of our skin. He doesn't see any of the differences that we would see. He doesn't see the, the people that have hair and the people that are bald. He doesn't see all. He sees, um, he, he sees the blood of Christ. He sees his son. Uh, and he doesn't see, all oh, this guy over here, oh, he, he's... He's a pastor of a mega church. He, he pastors a thousand people. Uh, I'm going to give him special treatment. No, 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 no. And, and this guy over here, he, uh, he man, he, he's struggling. Uh, he's just, he's he, he just, he just a horrible, no, no, he doesn't see that. He doesn't see us on different levels. He says it's all level uh, because we've all uh, received that salvation, received that gift of grace from his son. And so tonight... Uh, you can be one of three people in this story, all right? I know we're all anesimists, but you can be one of three people. Maybe you're Philemon, okay? Maybe somebody has done you wrong, all right? And we all think at times, oh, man, they really did me wrong, right? So, but we are all after, we're all, after all, human, all right? We're going we're gonna to make each other mad. We're going to hurt each other's feelings. I get that. We make mistakes. But maybe you're Philemon, and somebody has really wronged you. Somebody has really hurt you. Uh, and they've really, whether it's in one way or, you know, some way or another, somebody has really hurt you. And you're just, maybe maybe you're having a hard time forgiving them. Let me ask you this. And I have to ask myself this, because this is tough. Have they done more to you than than was done to Jesus? And the answer is just probably not. And uh, that's, that's tough, because that, that's convicting. Uh, and uh, as much as He forgave us... We should be forgiving others. Um, <clears throat> so we need to forgive them, whether they ask for it or not. May, it's not up to us to make them apologize to us for what they've done. It's up to us to forgive them, receive them back as a family member, as a partner in Christ. Remember Koinonia. We're, let the Lord's love be shown to all, especially to that person. So maybe you're not following maybe, maybe nobody's done you wrong. Maybe you're an SMS. Maybe we're the ones that did somebody else wrong. And uh, all, they'll just have to get over it. You know, they'll they just need to grow up and build a bridge. You know, That's how we feel sometimes, right? I hope I'm not the only one. I'm not going to look around right now. Uh, but you know what? Sometimes we do mistreat each other. Uh, maybe you've mistreated a brother or a sister. First, you need to make it right with the Lord. Make it right with God. And say, Lord, I know I did wrong. I really shouldn't have. <laughs> I really shouldn't have called him that name. <laughs> I really shouldn't have done whatever it is that we've done to hurt a, hurt a brother or sister. Maybe we, I shouldn't have done this to her. I shouldn't have done this to him, or I shouldn't have said this, or shouldn't have done. First, we need to make it right with the Lord, but then we need to go make it right with each other, and uh, make it right with the person who we've wronged, even if they're not ready to forgive us yet. It's not your place, not our place, to make them forgive us. It's our job to make it right with them. Uh, with the Lord and then with them, let the lord 's grace and forgiveness be evident in your life for everyone to see. Uh, finally, uh, if we 're not like Onesimus or Philemon, we should all try to be like paul here uh, let 's encourage each other to live in harmony with one another let's let 's encourage our brothers and sisters to get along uh, can 't we all just get along? I knew that somebody was thinking who was thinking it right uh, there you go <laughs> so uh, we should we should encourage each other to hey, you know what we 're a, f- a family. We're, we are, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God, right? So we are, as brothers and sisters of Christ, we're all part of the same family. You know what? We fight. We bicker, don't we? We, we all, we all get on each other's nerves. Don't, don't, I'm not looking at anybody. You don't get on my nerves. I didn't say that wrong. Uh, I didn't mean to say that. But no, no. At times, there are times where, where we, where we, we see, we don't see eye to eye. We see differently. But, but the truth is we should all do our best to live in harmony uh, for the sake of the gospel, uh, you know, when when the world, they look at us and they see, man, those people are always fighting with one another. I don't want, why would they want to be a part of that, right? So uh, let's encourage each other to live uh, peaceably with one another. Stop the bickering. Stop the backbiting. Don't spread gospel rumors about one another. Only speak good about others. And, uh, and I promise you I'm speaking to myself as much as, as anything right now. Uh, the Bible says blessed are the peacemakers. So uh, if, if we're Philemon tonight... Uh, let's forgive those who have done wrong, who have done us wrong. Let's forgive those who uh, maybe they don't even want to be forgiven, but let's let that go. Let's, let's do our best to try to let that hurt go and forgive them. But if we're Onesimus tonight, we know we've done someone wrong. Maybe we should go to that person and say, hey, brother or sister, I'm so sorry. I, I know I hurt your feelings. I know I hurt you. I know I did wrong. Uh, <clears throat> Let's do our best to make that right, if that's us tonight. And most of all, let's spend more time reminding others of Christ's love, His grace, and His mercy, and less time reminding each other of our own faults. All right, let's pray.